Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This podcast is part of E2C Network, where we share the whole Auburn experience. Worrying Auburn fans, welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson, and I'm also here with Jared Davis. It's the Deep South's oldest rivalry. Are you ready for it, Jared? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, ready or not, I guess. <laughs> ready or not, here come the Bulldogs. Here are the national champs, and... Every Georgia fan wants to remind me that they were national champs. I don't know about you, but they, every yeah. time, oh, like I literally introduced it. I mean, it was one of my friends, but I was like, "Hey, how you doing?" And he was like, "Hey, my name's this, and Georgia's national champions." And you're like, "Okay, unnecessary, but thanks, thanks for the info." <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I don't. Uh, I know it's been a while now, but when we did it in 2010, like it was just more of like a relief. I didn't go around you know telling everybody yeah i just i was just like right. you know if somebody brought it up i was like yeah it was exciting uh i want to do it again but i wasn't walking around hey auburn national champs yeah it's so. like i don't know that yeah anyway so i feel like that that has a piece to do with it um every year i feel like jared let's let's talk about you know living in the state of georgia and you know how how it is you know especially now post them winning a national championship what have you kind of noticed from their fan base since then? <laughs> um, I don't talk to them much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> We've been so bad. I'm like, I just don't even bring up football um, and kind of shut it down by just talking about my own team poorly whenever they bring it up. But yeah, I mean, all in all, it's tough. I mean, you know, when you live in a state and you're, you don't pull for that school and that other, and their school's doing really well, it's difficult. Um, you know, I, I would say probably would rather win Georgia than Alabama because I live in Georgia. Some people don't understand that, but you know, at the end of the day, that's what we have to be around 365. So, um, yeah, to me, this game means more. Yeah, no, There's, I think so too. Yeah, um, I was uh, <laughs> on the way to the beach. We ran into this. Uh, this was literally like minutes after the Auburn versus Missouri game, and um, this guy saw it had an Auburn shirt on. He was like, did you just watch that game? I was like, yes, I did. And so we had a little conversation about it and he's from Georgia. Uh, and he, he was like, I don't like Georgia. Like I do not like Georgia fans. Like he was like, I can like Alabama fans are fine. And you know, if you compare them to Georgia and Auburn or Alabama fans, they're fine. And I was like, thank you. You're spot on. And this was like a guy, an older guy, and I was like, "You're, yeah, thank you. I, I'm so glad to hear I'm not the only person that, for some reason, thinks Georgia fans sometimes can be really annoying. So. I don't. Th- I will say this: I don't think they realize it because uh, somebody made a, a, a comment during the national championship game, and they were saying, "Do you want to know about Georgia fans?" It said, and he said, "Auburn fans are actively rooting for Alabama." 
Like, there were a bunch of Auburn fans that were actively rooting for Alabama to win that national championship game. Mm -hmm. And I think that shocked a lot of Georgia fans. And I'm sure every fan base is a little naive to how they are. Um, But I I do get that sense that they were a little – they were very shocked um, that anybody would be pulling for Alabama. But I do think that's a pretty bold statement, that there were people pulling for Alabama to beat Georgia. Isn't that weird? Like, you know, especially – People like, you know, we've seen Alabama win over and over and over. And, you know, I, I, I was honestly in the camp of I was rooting for Alabama to win. Uh, but I also have lots of family members that are Alabama f- fans. So, like, I was kind of doing that for them in a way. But also I was like, I really don't want to see what happens if Georgia wins this thing. Like, I really don't. <laughs> and guess what? It, it happened. Um, I felt like it was probably bound to happen at some point. I was just trying to like delay the inevitable. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, from, you know, from a historical standpoint, it has not felt like it recently. Historical standpoint, we're very similar. I think that technically gave them two that everybody recognizes, and Auburn also has two that everybody recognizes. The the head to head was very close until recently. I think they may be up five or six now. Yeah. Um, you know, but if you think about it from a resource standpoint, it should be a mismatch. They're the state school. Um, they don't. Have, I mean, Georgia Tech's their toughest competition in state. Um, we are not the state school, and we happen to be second to the possibly best football program of all time. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that we've held our own pretty well. It used to be a really good rivalry. Uh, my son currently, he's like watching this. He's like, man, he's like, what? Well, you know, he he's upset as to how it's going with Auburn, and he's he's young. And I said, you know, um, it's going to turn around at some point. I was like, when I was growing up uh, in high school and stuff, they were we'd go on three or four win stretches against them. Mm-hmm. And that's just how it typically happens. Now Kirby's building a machine over there, so it's going to be tough. We got to get this. We got to get ourselves right here, but it'll bounce back. There'll be. Uh, you know, it'll be a good robbery again, but that is not going to happen this weekend. <laughs> I mean, I the the way, especially you know, think back on what happened with Georgia versus Missouri, and how Georgia almost lost that game, and they're going to come in with a extreme. We're going to beat Auburn. That's that's going to be their main goal, um, and and that that's Auburn. We're just kind of on the wrong side of it. Um, now, I will say this, and, and this kind of gets into talking about Georgia. Um, Missouri figured out something on defensive line to attack Georgia. And Auburn's got to figure out what, like, really dissect what did Missouri do. Because they were they were disrupting Georgia left and right. So, if Auburn can figure out even a glimpse of that, i give us a lot better chance. Uh, because I, I think... Georgia showed even more that they're they're not an invincible team at this point. I mean, for goodness' no, I don't, sakes. I, don't, I don't think they're invincible. I think in Athens, and we, I mean, I mean, come on, we just we <laughs> we got gifted a game by Missouri and just lost to a team that threw for eighty five yards. So that's the thing that it's more about us. I think Georgia. I mean, if you want to be honest with it, you know, Georgia beat Sanford really well, but it was like thirty three to nothing. That's not what you would think Georgia would do. You think it'd be more. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kent State, they gave up 22. Uh, Missouri, they had to, you know, they took a control in the last five minutes. But I, and I said this, I watched a few Georgia games. And I said it about Alabama. They were relying a lot on one of their running backs. Um, Georgia is very talented everywhere, but they are relying heavily on Brock Bowers. And that is how, and everything they do with him is working. If you find a way to slow that down, 
they they are no longer invincible. And I think maybe be, I think maybe Missouri. I didn't see the get that game, but maybe they figured out a way to slow. You can't stop that kid. He's ridiculous. Yeah. But if you can slow it down and and not like Kent State, I think the second play of the game, he went seventy five yards on a on an end around. Like you can't let that happen with him. Make them throw to their receivers, and they're all good. They're probably still going to beat you, but they're not invincible if you can do that. Yeah. Well, even uh, I was just looking at the stats for Georgia versus Missouri. You know, Brock Bowers, he had a good game. He had he led the team in receiving, sixty six yards, but he didn't have any touchdowns. You know. He was, and one of those was a long, a thirty-three yard. So you know, it kind of negates some of those probably smaller passes, shorter passes, um, to him. So I think that's that's kind of how you do it. You stop the run. Georgia's going to be good. Um, Kendall Milton is going to be one of their workhorses uh, at running back. So you're going to have to figure out how to stop the run game, and you know, somehow stop Brock Bowers. <laughs> He's a if you. He's a physical. He's a physical dude. Yeah, if you keep Brock Bowers from scoring a touchdown, I think you, you know, most teams. I, again, I just don't feel confident about Auburn at all. But I think a uh, a team that can put up points, if you can stop Brock Bowers from scoring, you have a shot because I mean everything goes through him on their offense. And you know Stetson Bennett. Um, you know he. The thing about him is he's a smart guy. Uh, he's never going to win the arm talent test, but he's a smart guy and he's shifty. Like he's hard to sack. He feels the rush. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're going to get lucky to sack him. Um, and, you know, I, I think their receivers are young. I don't think they have a go-to receiver yet. I think their run game's solid. It's okay. They were relying on Stetson Bennett in the first few weeks. Um, I think their defense is potentially you could expose them because they're young, super talented, probably all five stars, but young. I don't think Auburn's going to do this, but I think there are teams that can do that. expose them a little bit. Yeah. Well, and, and honestly, I'd be happy exposing them a little bit if that helps a team later down the road figure something out. Like, you know, kind of Missouri did. You know, if that helps, you know, Alabama and the SEC championship. Um, and again, it sounds like I'm rooting against Georgia. I mean, I kind of am. You are. <laughs> if, if the Tennessee game is in Tennessee and it were right now, I'd probably pick Tennessee. Yeah, I've, I've seen them both play. I don't know what that game is. I probably pick Tennessee right now. Things could change, obviously, but um, um, yeah, I think I think uh, I think that highly of Tennessee right now. They got to figure some things out defensively. But I know this isn't a Tennessee podcast. But just just talking about you know Georgia and everything. Yeah, definitely. Um, another kind of thing to just point out, and I was just thinking it was kind of interesting. So we you know we just played LSU. They had a quarterback Daniels. I know it was a different Daniels than JT Daniels, but. Daniels has gone off to West Virginia. Stetson, obviously, you know, doing his thing, um, and that's all honestly pretty impressive uh, for a, for a guy. But I want to see him actually do more than that. I don't know. Like maybe that's asking a little too much. But he seems to kind of just you know fit into that little mold, which you know maybe that's all Georgia needs them to do. Um, because at the end of the day, Georgia's defense is always going to be good, at least with Kirby Smart. So Auburn's got to find ways, especially in this game, to get creative. Um, And we have to score in creative ways. Uh, We're not going to just run the ball up the gut. We're not going to just throw, you know, five-yard pass, a 10-yard pass, and, you know, chip away at Georgia. That's that's not going to happen, and that's not even going to keep us in the game. So we got to figure out those creative ways that I I thought, you know, thinking back on the LSU game, we tried some – extra stuff you know some different plays 
to try to get guys open. And we're going to have to do that again uh, and again and again against Georgia to get any kind of movement on offense. All right, Jerry, let's talk about our players to watch. Uh, let's talk first on offense. Uh, who are you going to be watching for Auburn uh, in this game against Georgia? Uh, to I mean, to me, it's pretty obvious. I mean, I, I think it's Robbie because um, Robbie has at times looked a little um, okay. This he, you can tell he realizes it's a big moment, gets a little too amped, and that was in Jordan Hare. So mm-hmm. he he is now going in front of you know a crazy SEC crowd. Um, you know, is he going to be able to keep his composure? Um, you know, I know, uh, I think, because Georgia's defense, I mean, they lost like 15 players to the NFL on the defensive side, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, they're young, right? And Robbie showed that against LSU, if somebody doesn't know uh, their assignment, keeps containment, um, he can create chunk plays in the passing game. Keeping, I think there's going to be some of those plays for us. Um, I just don't know if we're going to be consistent enough. So, But I'll keep an eye on Robbie. How does he handle the easy thing? Yeah. Robbie, when he's rolling out and he's not thinking, his athleticism takes over. He's good. It's yeah. the thinking plays that we got to get him better at. If he can handle those and stay calm, um, you know, we might we might surprise me with our offensive output a little bit. Yeah. I think with Robbie, one of the things I want to watch this game for him is how he does the, the premise of zone read. I want to see him take the ball a couple times when it's obvious that he should take it. Because we even saw that last few games when he has had the opportunity and the opportunity, you know, the holes opened. You know, he takes it. He goes for it. And if Robbie takes that a couple times, that sparks our offense. And not only that, but I think it's kind of like what we did with Bo over the last few years. You know, If you get Bo's legs into the game, Bo Nix was a he was a different quarterback. He felt the game, he could see the game a little better. And I think Robbie's kind of the same way, where you kind of get him moving around a little bit. Again, taps into that athleticism, he becomes a better quarterback overall. So, you he's got to do you, that. You know what was a uh, a really good play design was um Robbie was in shotgun and Tank was right beside him and Robbie took the snap and actually pulled it up as though it was a pass. Mhm. And and then did a uh, design draw play to tank. It was a yeah. delayed play. Yeah, and I think it went for you know, five to seven yards. I thought yeah. that was a. I thought that you don't see that a lot. I thought that was an interesting run play. I just thought about that. I, you were talking about the the zone read, because um, it got me thinking too. Cam did it really well, and there's been other people that do too. That it's that ability to keep it in their chest for a little bit longer, to mm-hmm. read it a little longer, yep. but also not fumble it. And Robbie's really right now really struggling with not fumbling that that aspect. But if you could find a way to be so comfortable that you like you can hold it there longer, you really get a read of the defense on what you need to do. Yeah, as opposed to it just being predetermined. I feel like his are predetermined right now. Yeah, it's more or less. Uh, it it kind of feels that way. Um, I mean, even. I remember watching a couple of times where I, I thought that would have been a fantastic, like they were biting on tank, which obviously, I mean, like if I was a defender, I would have bitten on tank <laughs> doing anything, but you, you gotta, you know, that's when Robbie needs to pull it and make them also respect him as a runner. So um, on offense, I'm going to be watching 
and this is probably, I feel like this is how we're going to score. It's been the passing game. It's going to be tough. I feel like to score against Georgia in the running game. Um, I, I think it's got to be Coy Moore. Um, with how well Robbie and Coy's kind of seem to have that connection, I think Coy's got to him and Coy have to be on the same page this whole game. All right, let's move on to defense. Jared, who are you going to be watching on defense for Auburn? Oh, defense, it's going to be those linebackers. I keep saying it every week. I just think I think they're the only missing piece to us being really stout on defense. Um, that That is now um, hinging on the fact that, you know, Burks can fill that Eculiota gap. So maybe I should say Bur- Marquise Burks, but um, – or is it Braggs? Is it Braggs? I think it's Braggs. Braggs, yeah. Sorry, Braggs. Um, and, but I, I think the linebackers. I think if the linebackers can stop the up-the-middle five- to seven-yard rushes that are happening way too often yeah um force that force the offense to be a little more uh, do a little more um you know schematically and have to think a little more than just running up the gut i think we could be really i think we could be the defense we all thought we were going to be and we're close i mean we've only got 14 points the past two games you know but each game gave up 14 we're really close i think they're the missing piece and i don't know if you give the guy from um you know, we had that Asante that transferred from North Carolina. Yeah. I don't know if you give him a shot. I mean, we got a four-star linebacker from, was it Mobile, who is on the team. I know he's a freshman. Owen played as a freshman. Maybe you give some guy. I, I'm all for, at this point, just giving guys a chance. Um, and we did miss Cam Riley. I think Cam Riley actually got hurt in the Missouri yeah. game. So, he didn't play at all at LSU. Yeah, he, but, was a, he was a big missing piece. Like, I think we were kind of – yeah, especially his first game. I think was I think it was the very first game. He was just went off and had yeah, so he, many tackles. He was everywhere, and you're like, where did this guy come from? He did. And then then it kind of you know slowed down, and you know we didn't see him. Um, so we'll see how if he ends up coming back. I hope he does because he can make an impact. Uh, I, feel, on, I feel like that's just the missing piece. So if we could, we get that linebacker yeah. core figured out, and they're going to be big in the uh, t- cam with his size will help. You know, because he might get deflate pass. They're going to be throwing to Brock, and they got another tight end, seat number zero, who is just a monster. I mean, he's bigger than Brock Bowers. He's just not. <laughs> I don't think he's able to do as much, so he doesn't get as much attention. But they got some big tight ends, so we yeah. need, we need our linebackers to be ready to play. Yeah, absolutely. Play big and play physical. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, and I'll, I'll give them this. I, I feel like our defensive backs have become more physical. Uh, I, I feel like we, we the first few games, maybe the first three games, we were kind of sitting back, being a little passive, letting the other team dictate. And I think we've changed the mentality and said, we're going to be aggressive and we're going to make you fit it in those tight windows. And so far, I feel like the secondary has done that. And that makes it really hard. It was obvious against LSU with their super low percentage of like what thirty eight percent that game. That's hard. That that makes it so much harder on the quarterback and the wide receivers. Um, my player to watch is on defense is going to be Derek Hall, and just for the sole reason of Ekuliota being out, 
I think there's going to be a lot more attention put on Derek Hall. Um, seeing seeing what he does, I have a feeling they're probably still going to do a lot of you know making sure he doesn't get to the quarterback. But there will be times where I feel like Derek Hall will still do his thing. I mean, he did it against LSU, and he'll do it again. Um, so uh, that that's where I think if we get a little bit of that extra pressure, um, and and Missouri was able to do it on LSU, or uh, Missouri was able to do it on Georgia. Sorry. Um, so I think I think that all kind of comes back to that front seven, and I'm I'm specifically thinking about Derek Hall. Um, special teams, who are you going to be watching for this game? It's got to be what we do at kicker. Um, if we keep Carlson in there, can he produce? And if we end scene, if we go with, uh, is it McPherson or McPherson? Yep. McPherson. McPherson. I don't know. Yeah. 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 See if we, you know, do we do on a longer kick, especially if it's needed, are we get? I think the longer aspect is not even like, I don't think that's even on honors. I think he just, at this point, just doesn't have, you know, the, that's a, he's recovering from a torn ACL. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it's a serious long, injury. Yeah, I mean, I think the long kicking aspect is not even his fault, right? I think that if it's 55 or more, maybe even, you know, 45 or more, you you just shouldn't even expect him at this stage to make that. Uh, but if it's in from that, if you're starting him, he needs to be able to make those. Um, so let's let's see what happens with that. Yeah, I think Anders, I mean, we talked about it, and we'll pro- I hope Anders can figure it out. I mean, I, I've heard of... Um, sports psychologists that have really helped you know players in all different you know different sports i wonder if that's what he needs or if it is truly i hope it's not it doesn't seem like it's a physical thing because he's still doing the great kickoffs he's making all the pats i wonder if it is a mental thing with him and if he can figure that piece out i mean leave him in but if if we have a struggle again, if we're you know at the thirty five yard line and we need to kick a long field goal, I I don't think we have the faith in him to do it. And sometimes you do need to do that, especially in these closer games. You're you're too young to remember this, but John Smoltz <laughs> struggled early in his career. And I watched was, some John Smoltz, maybe okay, not well, his super early career. This was this was kind of early on, and he struggled. And his sports psychologist would sit behind home plate in a red shirt. And it would actually help him focus. Huh. Um, he, w- I think, whenever he would like lose focus, he would he would seek out his sports psychologist, and it was easy to find him. He had like a bright red shirt on. Huh. That's kind of that interesting. Regain focus. So. Um, I mean, I think there, cr- I think there's something to be said for that because I've heard you know different sports you know have their different mentalities, especially like golf is such a very mental game. You have to be locked in for the full four hours. Guess what? Very similar to football. You got to be locked in. And if you allow yourself to doubt your ability, that's when bad stuff start ha- starts happening. Yeah, I mean, if you so if you're a kicker for a college football team, you're good enough physically. Yeah, you're it, it it if you're making or missing, it's mental. Yeah. Now, having said that, if it's 55 yards or more, maybe a little maybe yeah. a little physical, but anything anything 40 closer that's missed is I mean, the Missouri kicker missed a 25 yard field goal <laughs> that is not physical yeah so agreed. yeah it's it's all mental so yeah it's a it's a tough they joke about being a kicker is not a tough job it's a tough job like the the game could come down to you that's a lot of pressure yeah i mean as much as the and again that that's why especially in college i feel like 
you see a little bit more of a leaning on, hey, we're going to go for it on fourth down versus go to a kicker. And I think Auburn has been very blessed with having fantastic kickers previous that and even Anders before he got injured. I mean, I, I, you know, if you put him out there for 45 yards, I was like, it's mostly going in. I mean, I, that's the kind of confidence we had in kickers. Um, and I think we just need to get back to that. And if we, we can't, then let's try the next guy. Uh, for special teams, I'm going to be watching Keandre Scott. And just simply, I think I've seen now two fumbles that he's had on punt returns. And uh, we got to stop that. Like, we really do. Um, that's that's going to be something that um, really bites us in the butt. I mean, it almost did against LSU. Um, well, I guess it did, ultimately. But <laughs> it could have been even worse. So, we got to stop that. Um, I feel like Keandre Scott takes some, some risks. And maybe rear, you know, reel that in just a little bit, um, so that you know he can just like cleanly field the ball. And if there's a running route, go for it. All right, Jared, let's get into our score predictions for this game. Uh, <laughs> right now, Auburn is only predicted to win this game in Athens. It's a two thirty game, six point one percent according to ESPN stats. So I feel like as Auburn fans, we almost need to come into this mindset of. Yeah, it's probably not going to happen, but let's I, let's cause a little chaos. I, I that's all I would hope for. I'm feeling the uh, Jim Carrey on Dumb and Dumber right now, so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> there is a slight chance. That's right. <laughs> there's a six percent chance. I'm surprised <laughs> it's that high. Me too. So anyway, um, let's talk about our score predictions here. Uh, preseason, I predicted Georgia would win by ten. Uh, you said very similar thing: thirty-one to twenty-one, ten point victory for Georgia. I feel like now that we're into the season five games, I'm going to change mine. Jared, what are you kind of feeling uh, for this right now? I'm predicting us to win, AJ. Whoa. I've been building up the negative. Um, no, I'm kidding. Um, I have no clue. I, I'm going to go 35-10. I mean, I feel like they probably could put more on us. I just feel like it's going to be one of those, like, there's no way Auburn comes back. We're just going to run the ball, run the clock down, and get out of here. So, uh, I'm 35-10. Yeah. I mean, and, and I was looking at the the line is 29.5 points right now. So, honestly, that seems about right in my mind. I mean, if you even look back, so I was looking back at recent games against Georgia. Um, we've, we've lost by 20 34 points last season that was in auburn um or 24 points sorry um like it's it's kind of in that georgia has our our number um at this point um and maybe kirby smart is just he's figured out what auburn's gonna do on offense and uh figures out how to counter that um i think for my score prediction i'm gonna be probably about the same i mean i i think we're probably gonna lose by like 24 to 28 points um if we get a couple of touchdowns i'm gonna count it as you know not a it's not definitely not a moral victory but i think it's the little successes um that we can kind of build on um i i just i mean i do not see a, a way out of this one so no i don't either I haven't felt that way in a long time aj where yeah. i was like i was like zero hope like i Sometimes I'll even get myself psyched up. Oh, it's a big robbery game. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, I know what's going to happen in this game. Well, and, and you're you're also factoring in Georgia 
in their close games uh, or close game against Missouri, you're like that is they're going to be at home. They're not going to allow that. There's not even a chance. So, yep. It's, yeah, it's not going to be good. All right. So let's talk about an Auburn fan perspective of the SEC. It's one of our favorite segments of the, uh, this podcast, uh, Mississippi state of all teams beat Texas A&M. So look how far Texas A&M has fallen. I mean, it, and it wasn't even a close win. It was 42 to 24. That's pretty crazy to me. I mean, I had predicted preseason that Texas A&M is going to kind of fall back down to like that seven and five team. They're, they're well on their way right now. They're three and two. When I feel, when I think about Auburn, I'm like, at least we're not A&M. And here's what I mean by that. Uh, A&M is so pot committed on Jimbo. I mean, I mean, they have, they just print money over there. So maybe they're not, <laughs> but, but it's like, you know, at least with us. Okay. Everybody's on the same page. Most likely it's not with Harson, and we're going to move quickly. Like, how long do they let this Jimbo experiment drag out? I mean, the guy's recruiting like crazy, and he's still losing to App State. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know. And I saw that. Like, I, I, I've always thought this about Jimbo. He did have that great year uh, with James Winston. Um, but, I mean, when what really was telling to me is how bad Florida State's been since he left. I mean, he left that team. I mean, it was it was in shambles. Yeah, um, that was pretty telling to me as far as like what he was building when he was having to build it. So I don't know. They got a lot of talent there, but they. I mean, they're gonna. Yeah, I mean, I thought eight and four. They're they're gonna lose more than that. They weren't mm-hmm. lost too. Like I, at this point in our current form, <laughs> I would pick us to beat A and M at home. Yeah, I feel pretty good about that one. Honestly, as crazy as that sounds, that's what I would pick us to beat him at home right now. We got him at home. Now things could change, but yeah, it's uh they're not a good football team. Yeah. And, and again, like they squander so much talent. It's just truly amazing. Like somebody like Mike Leach of all, of all people, like he's a pretty good coach, obviously, but like he out coached Jimbo Fisher, like in what world do we live in? That Jimbo Fisher just got outcoached by somebody who loves pirates and literally after the game <laughs> talked about wedding advice to a commentator or reporter. You're like, like I love my, like, <laughs> what, what is going on? What is, in what world are we living in? Oh, sorry. I love it. Um, with a couple other smaller games, uh, South Carolina won, Florida won, um, Alabama versus Arkansas. Alabama won this game against Arkansas. Um, I think Arkansas is coming back down to earth a little bit. They're now three and two, um, but they're still a very capable team. Um, I'm still very scared to face them later this year. Um, but one of the other big storylines is uh, Bryce Young came out with a uh, look like a shoulder issue, um, and I don't think he ended up coming back after that. So I'll be kind of interested to see how severe that is. I mean, Auburn, Auburn, we know this with having TJ. Um, and even Robbie last game getting a little scared with his shoulder. Um, shoulders are uh, necessary <laughs> for any of the uh, players. So um, they've kind of got Bryce Young at least on a day to day watch. So we'll see how long he he's uh, not able to play. Uh, this is something crazy. I, I saw this stat about this game. Saban has never lost to Arkansas in his 16 year at Alabama. That's 
I mean, we thought Gus had had Arkansas's name, but Saban. I mean, Arkansas has had some pretty decent teams over the years. Um, Saban hasn't lost them, so that's pretty pretty darn impressive. That's crazy. All right. Um, I think the only other one, and we've kind of mentioned this, you know, Georgia almost losing to Missouri. Um, now Bama takes over the number one spot in the AP poll. Not that it really matters because AP poll doesn't really matter until the college football playoffs uh, committee comes out with their official rankings. But that is kind of interesting to me that, you know, even though Georgia won, it wasn't as convincing. Alabama, on the other hand, had a very convincing win over Arkansas um, in Fayetteville. So, you know, you gotta, you're kind of seeing that, you know, it, it, there's a lot of swings that happen, you know, in how, how much it up and down you kind of go in the rankings. Um, I'll also say this, and I thought this was kind of cool. I saw a highlight for this. It's kind of an honorary mention. Uh, there was an FSU player, um, a wide receiver that got – looked like he got brought down. He literally rolled over the defender, kind of Michael Dyer style uh, that we saw back in, what, 2010, uh, and just kept going. And, you know, Michael Dyer got caught, but this FSU wide receiver uh, just kept going. So that was kind of cool to see. Even one of the commentators was like, I don't think I've ever seen this in my life. And I was like, well, I guess you didn't watch the you know 2010 National Championship game. <laughs> That's these co- uh, commentators are getting younger and younger. Maybe they weren't born then. I don't know. <laughs> it's possible. We got, a, right? we got a we got a twelve year old commentator. <laughs> I uh, I it, it it always irked me. I didn't see that play, but it would always irk me when Les Miles would get all that credit for that fake field goal they did, where the guy flicked it behind his. Head. Oh yeah. Like, oh, that's Les. Miles. I'm like Tommy Tuberville did that like seven years ago yeah. before that play. Um, <laughs> Tommy didn't get his due on. They're like, I've never seen this before. I'm like, well, I have. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's uh, and Tommy wasn't even well. He you know he was known as the riverboat gambler, but I feel like when he got to Auburn, he became kind of conservative because his defenses were so good. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, uh, he he still had his occasional. Uh, oh, we're gonna pull an onside kick, or we're gonna do this crazy trick play. But yeah, I mean, he he definitely toned it down a little bit. Uh, yeah. Speaking of Tommy Tuberville, I forgot to mention this. Uh, I went by they were doing the Auburn sports network broadcast. They were, they had their stage right by the stadium and my wife and I were walking past. And we're like, that's Tommy Tuberville. Like he's, you know, he's on the sports network right now. And you know, he had some very insightful stuff because he was asked about what is it like, especially at a big sec school and being the head coach. And he kept saying things that we, you know, Jared, you, you and I have heard before you got to be the CEO, but he kind of put it in a little bit different perspective. He said, you have to be very, uh, because money goes through. It's not through other sports. I mean, there is money that goes through it, but they're not as profitable as football. And so there's a lot riding on you, a lot of pressure. And so that's, that's what he was kind of getting at. And I think you're kind of, you're starting to see that with Harson. Um, and it was funny. He said something, and he actually got some booze from the crowd. Uh, he mentioned, he was like, oh, I saw, you know, Saban got a raise. And Tuberville was like, whatever he got, it wasn't enough. He needed to get paid more because he brings in so much money to that university. I was like, you're probably right, but I hate you for saying that. <laughs> oh, yeah, no doubt. Like, you can't pay Saban enough. But, yeah, uh, I, we don't want to be hearing that, right? <laughs> yeah, no, you don't. And he was saying that right outside Jordan Hare with Auburn fans listening. So I was like, uh, I don't know how, you, how to feel about that. I mean, I get what he's saying, but yeah. 
Anyway. All right, Jared. Uh, how can the people stay in touch with you? You can find me on Facebook under my name, Jared Davis. And you can find me on Twitter at AJY, J-A-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.